At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Wow, the organization's worth that much? And, you know, I couldn't get free coffee? That's our guy Mike McDaniel, who's always got a great comment, soundbite thing to say about the Commanders. $7 billion, and he couldn't get free coffee. Damn. I can't remember when he worked there. Was he there with Shanahan yeah, at some right. point? I assume he was. Yeah, that was part of the you know early 2010, 11, right? That range, somewhere in there. I'm, I don't have my, my years exactly right, but I know it's it's right around there. Yeah, him, McVeigh. LaFleur, Matt LaFleur might have been on that staff as well. Raheem Morris. I mean, it was pretty strong group they had there. That's why they made magic that first year for RG3. But, damn, shots fired by Mike McDaniels at the owners meeting. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, you know, when you start rattling off those names, it reminds me of the Green Bay Packers 1992 coaching staff photo that was chock full of future great coaches. The difference, though, is the Packers were actually good. The commanders weren't yeah. able to sustain well, it for more than that fluke year of 2012. It all fell apart after that. Yeah, well, they had, you know, they were they were fighting some dysfunctional things within the organization, as we know now, for sure. And that was, I think, part well, of the problem, whether it's the owner or, you know, at that time, RG3 thought he knew more than the Shanahan's in football. He was going to tell them how to coach the team. So there was lots of issues across the board there in Washington at that point. Yeah, sometimes it's a detriment to the Packers to not have an owner. Sometimes when you consider the owner yeah. that they could have, right. it's a very good thing to not <laughs> have an owner in Green Bay. The show's PFT Live. We're here on a Tuesday morning. It's already the 28th day of March. Peacock Crazy. Series XM85, Sky Sports Action, and podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And look, Chris, we are the escape. We are the thing that people turn to when times are tough, when the news is heavy. Oh, man. I can't help. I can't help. Look, I, I have to take I have to take 30 seconds and do a truncated version of something that I would spend the first 15 minutes of the radio show on back when I would do radio for an hour before we would go live with PFT Live with Chris or whoever else would be with me that day, especially on Friday when Chris is in his hammock. But 
It occurred to me after one of the mass shooting events at some point in the past seven years, and I can't remember which one, which isn't a reflection of my advancing age. No, this was a it's scary. a recognition of the fact that there's too many. Yeah. Okay? Right. It dawned on me one morning that the risk of going to a public place, church, school, store, anywhere, and getting shot by someone who is carrying a weapon of war, that is one of the risks that we now factor into our existence as an American citizen. You can get hit by lightning. You can get wiped out by a tornado, which we saw over the weekend. 26 people dead in Mississippi as a tornado tore a town apart. You can get hit by a car. You can be in a car accident. You can have some sort of other accident, rock climbing, whatever. There are various ways that you can die when you leave your home. And this is just one of the risks now that is baked into the American existence. And nothing's going to change. And it's the same shit over and over again when you turn on the TV. It's the same old narratives, the same old arguments, the same old thoughts and prayers, the same old recitation of mental health, gun control, school security, good guys with guns, the same stuff. It's the same thing. And nothing's going to change. We just have to accept the fact nothing's going to change. And if you live in this country, the greatest country in the world, supposedly, where this is the only place this stuff happens, we're never going to get past the gridlock to get to a solution because we're too worried about our own interests. We're too worried about shouting each other down and we can't protect our children. It is a sad commentary that we are so caught up in our own little petty agendas and our own little shouting down of people on social media, and our own camps, our own tribes, that we are failing in the fundamental societal task of protecting our children. And I don't have, a, I don't have any idea how to solve it. But the point is, if you're going to live in this country, you just have to accept it. You have to accept it. You drop your kids off at school, you have to accept it, that it's one of the risks. And grand scheme of things, it's rare, but it's definitely one of the risks. So I'm sorry I went on so long about it. We are here as the respite. We are. But, but we're, not, we're not human if we don't acknowledge it. We're not human if we're not affected by it. And I hope to God we never get to the point where we just kind of shrug and say, well, if it's single digits, it's no big deal. It's only a big deal if well, it's that's 20. that's what's scary. It's only a big deal if it's 30. That, it's that, only a big deal yeah, if it's 40. Right. But that's what's scary is we're kind of trending that direction. You know, you, you talk to people yesterday and, it, you know, it's like not some people don't even realize it at first because it's not like the hugest news story in the world. We become that numb to it. It hit home for me. Definitely. My little girl started school in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, my little boy was born in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, you think of that as a wholesome place, right? Pete Dimolitolitolitolitis was just there yesterday. His family friends go to the damn school. They go to the school. They have kids at the school. They agonized yesterday because they didn't hear from anybody forever. So, I mean, it's affecting Ameri you know, American lives. It's just, it's a shame. And I am becoming numb to it. You know, this one hit home yesterday, but I don't know, Mike. What, there was two last week, too. I come home, oh, yeah, somebody got shot at school today. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's gotten to that point, and that's disgusting. But I don't know what else to say yeah, or yeah, do. That's, uh, yeah, and again. I, I, we're not here to offer solutions. It's not our job. We are staying in our lane, okay? We are not being woke, 
Okay, don't don't change the channel yet. The point is, you are not human if you're not affected by this. You are not human if you're not saddened by this. You are not human if you're not ashamed of the fact that you live in a society that can't protect its children. Period. All right. Uh, All right. What else? Uh, yeah, let's, let's before we on. just dive into football. Did you have a good day yesterday? You feel good? You're right. You're right. You feel good. What's going on? Everything else? Well, all right? no. Here. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I had a great time in Arizona. Got some sun. Got some sun in Arizona. <laughs> you look white. You must have wear 50. Day two. Day two of our, our – our, and I'm telling you, they did a hell of a job recreating our set in Arizona for <laughs> the league meetings. Here's what happened. Because our existence yesterday, if we had been there, would have been one interview after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, and then it's the cocktail party where – you see who where, talk where to they you didn't want to invite us, shoulder. so they said, hey, "Make sure <laughs> <Yeah>. they don't come." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they had a much better time without us there. But uh, yesterday ended up being because I was home, and there was so much NFL news, which was a great distraction from the thing that we've already discussed. I look back at the end of the day, and it's like, "Oh my God!" I posted twenty stories today. We did a two-hour show. Working the phones, texting people. I mean, it was a, it was one of those days where your brain was so active and engaged. When I went to bed, I I couldn't fall asleep. I I, I was just too too. And and then you throw in the other thing that we already talked about that I don't want to go back there. Yeah. But I I just laid there staring at my brand new alarm clock, which Whoa. was constantly reminding me of the passing minutes. At least when I don't know what time it is, I don't know how long I'm laying there wide awake. So thanks for nothing. With the alarm clock that I now have. Not alarm. Well, yeah, it is an alarm clock. It's not a clock radio. There's no radio. It's a clock radio without the radio. So anyway, yesterday was, there was a lot of news yesterday. There was a ton of stuff that was going on. Wait, does the clock have an alarm, though? It does have an alarm, right? It will Yeah, it does have an alarm. Okay. It is an alarm clock. Got you. Okay, okay. Okay. It's just not a clock radio. Yeah. See, I've been trying to not say clock radio. So now when I go to say alarm clock, I have this little flash in my brain that says, don't say alarm clock. No, it's don't say clock radio because it's a clock radio without the radio. Okay. Uh, Here we go. The first big news that came out yesterday that kind of changed the the paradigm for the NFL, changed our way of thinking about one of the biggest stories that we – continue to discuss and it's funny too because i'll see the feedback why why do you guys talk about lamar jackson all the time well let's see there's news about lamar jackson every single day there's developments in this compelling unprecedented story every single day we have an mvp who's still in his prime who has been unable to negotiate without the help of an agent his long-term contract and who is now subject to the non-exclusive franchise tag and nobody is interested in him oh and by the way he's got his business partner trying to call these teams to stir up interest even though Lamar Jackson is staunchly self-represented it's the gift that keeps on giving it's the story that keeps on evolving and yesterday Lamar Jackson Christopher yeah finally did what he should have done a long time ago yeah I've been saying this for years hey you want the Deshaun Watson contract You have to mimic the Deshaun Watson experience. And that includes, at some point, saying to the Ravens, F you, trade me, which is what he finally did. Right. And he acknowledged that he made the request back on March 2nd. That was about a week before they applied the non-exclusive franchise tag. He's asked to be traded. The non-exclusive franchise tag gives him a way to at least work that process on his own. But this is actually very different than... Then waiting for someone to contact you, 
negotiate with you, sign you to an offer sheet, wait to see if the Ravens will match it. This is actually the best move he has made while representing himself, Chris, because if the Ravens are willing to trade him, this short circuits that whole process of guesswork. Right. Why do we want to pursue Lamar Jackson, get him to sign an offer sheet when the Ravens may match it? Because we completely disrupt our fans' expectations. We alienate our current starting quarterback. If we're the Vikings, we have to trade away Kirk Cousins before we can even sign him to an offer sheet. And then if the Ravens match it, ladies and gentlemen, starting a quarterback today for your Minnesota Vikings, Nick Mullins. So this is actually a way out of the maze. If the Ravens will do it, and if they can find someone who will trade for him, this is far more effective than the franchise tag wait for an offer sheet route, if if it goes anywhere. D- definitely, definitely. I mean, it, it was, you know, shocking news yesterday and the fact that, yeah, he comes out and says that. I don't know if it's shocking if you're following on a day-to-day basis like we are or some of our viewers and, you know, everybody else there. You know, again, it's been open for business. We know he's been calling, you know, he's had representatives, maybe himself as well. I don't have the information on that. Been calling and talking to teams. So there's obviously been the interest there, but it changes the dynamic to what you're saying there. I think it just puts it out there a little bit more to like, you know, maybe not finality, but a little bit more like, hey, I'm I'm willing to leave here. And actually, I'm not sure if I don't want to leave here right now. I think that's what he's telling us yesterday. So that's where that changes. And then you're right. The aspect of, you know, the the two guaranteed first pick, first round picks, the contract on top of that, will Baltimore match it? That makes things messy to now, yeah, there's some other avenues to maybe work this thing out, you know, that are uh, open to discussion that I think changes this and changes the dynamics that we're talking about a little bit now. Yeah, to where, you know, again, maybe a trade the way we see it more in, 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 in during the trade deadline or more commonly used throughout the NFL season or offseason, we might see something more along those lines now. There seems like there's more options, so we'll see where it goes. But I'm not shocked. And, Mike, I don't know. Does it really change anything? I don't know if it ultimately does. Are they not going to call him anymore, the Ravens, to try to work out a long-term deal? Is it totally end, right? You know, I think it just makes more public pressure on it and maybe changes the dynamic we're talking about. But I don't know if it really changes anything in the big picture of things. A couple of hours after Lamar Jackson posted the tweet acknowledging that he did indeed ask the team to trade him on March 2nd, Ian Rappaport of NFL Media reported that as recently as last week, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson were actively negotiating. Now, I don't know how active the negotiations are when they just have fundamental disagreements on the structure of the contract and, and the issues that have prevented the two sides from reaching an agreement over the past two years, but they are continuing to talk. And a lot of it comes down to what the Ravens actually want to do. Do they want to keep him? And this is where the dog chases its tail on this. If you want to keep him, you pay him. But the problem is he wants more than they want to pay him. Okay, if you don't want to pay him, then trade him. But they don't want to trade him. They want to keep him. And then the question becomes how much would they want for him if they do entertain a possible trade? I was working through the mental gymnastics a few weeks ago, and it's like, okay, if the Ravens are going to match – an offer sheet signed by Lamar Jackson and collect two first round picks. Would they trade him for more than two first round picks? Yeah. Is there an offer yeah. that they won't refuse? We, we, from time to time, we'll run down the very short list of untradeable players in the NFL. And at any given time, it's very short. And right now, Lamar Jackson is not untradeable. There is an offer that another team 
could put together that the Ravens would accept. I just don't think there's another team that would make the offer that the Ravens would not refuse, Chris. Well, no, I think that, and I think, again, this is where it gets into the conversation of this is why he should have had an agent. An agent could have set some of these things up, set some interest up from other teams before the season was over last year, let them know, hey, this is coming down the, the tunnel here and things aren't getting done just to let you guys know, get, a du- get your ducks in a row because Lamar Jackson might be available to you. See, so all of that, it's way too late, as is in this comment. It's way too late. It, it should have been, like you said, months ago. This should have been a month and a half ago, six weeks ago. So, you know, th- that's where it does get interesting. But, you know, a- again, I think that's where it's a little confusing right now. And, yeah, the non-exclusive franchise thing, tag thing, hey, it's, it's a baseline or a starter. It saves the Ravens in case anybody makes some big offer. But – there's other ways they can do this. You know, they could sign Lamar Jackson, right? Sign him to a big deal knowing, oh, wait, we're going to really trade him to another team. This team wants to pay him that. Then it takes away the whole two first-round thing altogether to where if a team didn't have two first-round picks next year, right, they could use them down the line. So there's some other avenues here to work. But, Mike, to your main point there, yeah, I would think – you know, if you work out the god out, outside the guidelines of non-exclusive franchise tag thing, there more than two first-round picks is going to be part of this conversation. It's not just going to end right there for Lamar Jackson, like you talked about to start the show, star quarterback, prime of his career. We've never seen this before. I would think the price tag is more than two first round. Uh, yeah, I definitely would. But when you're talking about a trade, you can be more creative than just two first-round draft picks. That's the other side of it, too. Sure. And I don't know that there's a team out there that falls into this category, Chris. I know. But the Vikings, who keep showing up on the short list of betting favorites as the next destination for Lamar Jackson. And if you're going to short any future bet out there, that's the one to short. Because he isn't playing for the Vikings. They're not going to trade. Because, look, what what do you do with Kirk Cousins? you got to trade Kirk Cousins to somebody else while you're trading for Lamar Jackson. And I don't think the Ravens want Kirk Cousins, who's under contract no. for one more year. And the cap hit and at this seats point are filled. for pre-June right. 1 trade, right. pre-June 1 trade would be crippling for the Vikings. It's $38 million to trade Kirk Cousins before June 1. Then you got to sign Lamar Jackson to a contract. See, that's the thing you got to come up with a package that satisfies the Ravens, and you have to satisfy Lamar Jackson. Right. Now, granted, the Browns did that last year with the Texans. The Browns gave up a massive haul of money and draft picks to get Deshaun Watson, yeah. and that deal continues to be the thing that caused this all to go haywire. And frankly, Chris, as you were explaining the situation earlier, it dawned on me, yes, he should have had an agent to lay the foundation for this, and this all should have happened a year ago. Yeah, probably you a give year the ago. I was being nice. You're right. To give you the contract right. you deserve. Right. You give them, okay, because after 2020, he's eligible for a long-term deal, and he's already won an MVP award. He's earned it. You don't give him one during the 2021 season. You get to early 2022, and you say, I want out. I'm done. I've given you every chance to sign me to a long-term deal. And frankly, a year ago, a year ago, if he had an agent, that would have properly pushed the buttons. You know what? He might have had a seat in Miami. The seat in Miami's gone now. Mike McDaniel made it clear last night. He told the South Florida Sun Sentinel and the Palm Beach Post in a conversation separate from yesterday's meeting where he made the crack about the coffee not being free within the commander's organization. He said that 
The decision to pick up the fifth-year option on Tua absolutely takes them out of the mix for Lamar Jackson. Last year, when they were trying to get Tom Brady, actively trying to get Tom Brady. Agreed, right. And lost a first-round pick over it eventually. Right. If Lamar's in play then, whoa, 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 whoa. He may have been a Dolphin for 2022. And can you imagine the Miami? I'm sorry. I know. Two and on. Two and on. Just, just bear with me here. Can you imagine the Dolphins with Lamar Jackson? Are you kidding me? Too late for that now. If they had done this last year, maybe it would have happened. Yeah, uh, th- this is where, you know, again, it sounds like, you know, we're not trying to be negative, Lamar, but yes, this is things that the agent helps with. Uh, and that's where the, I think, again, this whole situation gets weird here. It's not collusion by the Dolphins. The Dolphins, they saw their quarterback, who they drafted the number five pick in the draft, play really damn good football last year. They said, let's continue to see where this goes. Because when he played, we won games, and he played well, and we were tough to beat, and we were in the Super Bowl conversation. But that's where it's also weird, Mike, right, because there was no setup of that. And I think ultimately if you were like a – if you were in the perfect world, teams that would want Lamar Jackson are teams that are set up and ready to win right now, and just the quarterback is the only thing we're missing. And again, that's where the agent could have got – on the radar of those type of particular teams we're talking about. But right now, there's no teams like that, really, right? I mean, we talk about certain teams in this conversation, and I don't know who are the teams in the conversation that we legitimately think would bid or go after him, right? I think that's where we got to start to kind of unpack this, and I think that's where it gets interesting, and I don't know if the stars align for some of these teams who, yeah, need quarterback, but I don't know if their team, their roster is ready for Lamar. It's like we have 55 holes on our team, so wait, we got the quarterback, but now we got 64 other holes on the team. So what's the point of getting Lamar for that? And that's where they're stuck, and that's where they didn't kind of – that's where, again, the agent would have helped to see down the road a little bit to where this thing was going to go. Later in the segment, we're going to try to find a match for Lamar Jackson. It's easier easier to cross them off at this point, frankly, than it is to identify them. But something else flashed in my brain as you were talking about last year and talking about teams looking for quarterbacks. Look, look what the Falcons did last year. They got pulled to the table by Deshaun Watson – they pissed off Matt Ryan, which ended up being a problem guess. avoided given right. the way Ryan played last right. year. But can you imagine, Chris, if in the immediate aftermath of Watson picking the Browns, the Falcons having to trade Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson's agent had said to the Ravens then, I want my client to be traded to the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, there would have been multiple places last year for Lamar Jackson. Yes. If this thing had been orchestrated and engineered by an agent a year ago. And I know, look, we, 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 everybody out there knows. We can stipulate that we believe Lamar should have had an agent. And this is where an agent would have come in handy last year to come up with a plan, a strategy. It's not just sit back and wait for someone to dump money in front of you and you say, that looks good to me. I'll right. take it, which right. I feel like he's been doing. Yeah. I feel like there's been... This unspoken attitude, I shouldn't have to negotiate. I shouldn't have to ask you for anything. You should just offer me what I deserve. And yes, life would be a lot easier, Lamar, if all negotiations went that way. If we all just had handed to us that which we believe we deserve, there would be never a need for agents, lawyers, anyone to help us get what we want. That's not how it works. And you need to have an active plan. And last year, if he'd had it in place, he would have had a new team. This year... The plan has been activated. 
No new team yet. And before we pivot to some of the teams that have made it clear they're not interested. Yeah, cool. The timing of this tweet yesterday was curious because it lands just as John Harbaugh is getting ready to meet with reporters in Arizona. Oh, And Harbaugh has been the bystander in all this. Right. Harbaugh has has been Switzerland. Yeah. Now, you could argue, given the, the job title, maybe he should be more of an advocate. For Lamar Jackson and maybe Jackson dropping the tweet as Harbaugh is speaking is an implicit indication of Jackson's disappointment that Harbaugh hasn't been more of an advocate for his player. You shouldn't be Switzerland. You should be fighting for your guy. Maybe that's what Lamar thinks, Chris. Don't know. Let's uh, ruminate on that possibility while we hear from John Harbaugh yesterday, who's reacting cold on the fly to the news that his quarterback wants to trade. Here it is. I haven't seen the tweet. It's an ongoing process. Uh, I'm, I'm following it very closely, just like everybody else is here, and uh, looking forward to a resolution. I'm excited, thinking about Lamar all the time, thinking about him as our quarterback. We're building our offense around that idea, and, uh, and I'm just looking forward to getting back to football, and I'm confident that's going to happen. I love how John Harbaugh has perfected the art of winning times of, of stress. Just smile your way through it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not smiling there. Well, not going to be smiling once he realizes where this may be heading, Chris. Well, again, you know, this is something that they've known about for 26 days now, right? To a degree. If that's if March 2nd was the date that, that, you know, supposedly he let them know. So I don't know, again, in their world, if it changes a whole lot, other than now there's some public scrutiny on it. And Mike... I, this is why I think we're friends. I'm not the when I saw the tweet went out yesterday. I knew John Harbaugh was getting ready to talk to the media. I, I literally was like, "Oh, somebody alerted Lamar that you know he's getting ready to talk," and this is why he tweeted it out. Somebody, somebody there, a part of the media mass, let him know that John's going to talk now. Release the tweet. I mean, that was definitely. I don't think that was coincidence. I, I got to think that was a planned attack there to a degree. You know, nice timing. I'm not mad at him for it. You know, it, it does put more light on the situation. But I, I will say to what you were saying, man, John Harbaugh has done nothing but say great things about Lamar Jackson. I think you and I both know, I mean, from anybody you talk to associated with the Ravens, John Harbaugh loves Lamar Jackson, loves him. So I think he is sticking up for him. He's in a tough spot. He's telling you we're running the team like he's the quarterback. That's the guy we want. He always says positive things. He's got to watch what he says a little because he is not a part of the contract negotiation. He's not a head coach that has an end-all, be-all, I say everything that goes on here in the organization. So that's not his department all the way too. But I certainly can't look at John Harbaugh and think he's made this harder to mend the relationship between Lamar and the Ravens. If any, he's, He always says the right thing in my opinion. Right, but I could see from Lamar's perspective. I guess, I hear you. I'm not saying this is a criticism of John Harbaugh, but I could see from Lamar's perspective, my coach isn't fighting for me. My coach isn't going into the GM or the owner and saying, what the hell are you guys doing? Do you understand what this would mean if we would alienate Lamar Jackson and he would want out? We have built our entire offense, arguably our entire team, around Lamar Jackson. We need to give this guy what he wants. We need to do this deal. We need to reach a compromise. I'm getting involved in this process instead of kind of saying, he's always been kind of, hey, that's not me. I'm just going to, like the rest of you, I'm just going to pray that this gets done. I think back to the hard knocks in 2010 
with New, the New York Jets, not to be confused with the 2023 hard knocks with the New York Jets, which may be inevitable. But back in 2010, they were dealing with a Darrell Rivas holdout. And at some point, Rex Ryan said, basically, I've had enough of this shit. We're getting this done. And, and it may be that Lamar has been hoping that Harbaugh would do it. And maybe, maybe Lamar did what he did yesterday to try to force Harbaugh to pick a side here. Whose side are you on? You can't remain Switzerland in a fight like this forever. So you're right, though. They've known about it. And the fact that they – look, the fact that they didn't say anything about it is just you. a further sign – yeah. That, well, well, they they have been careful to not piss this exactly. guy off. Exactly, they, they want to make it on eggshells. Right, right. They won't leak anything. Right. They aren't trying to mess with them. They're trying to get a deal done. Yes, that that that's 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 what I that's what I was trying to say. And good for you for buttoning it up because I'm not that smart all the time. But yeah, you know they're they're very tight lipped. None of the rumors are coming from the Baltimore Ravens or anything like that. You know, the the talk of the rep, the guy representing Lamar and all that, that got out because he's calling other teams in football. And those teams are like, hey, some guy that's representing Lamar called me. It wasn't the Ravens that are putting that out. They're trying to make this work. They're trying to make it work, you know, but they don't want to give the greatest contract in the history of football uh, to the guy. And, uh, and it's not a direct, again, conspiracy against Lamar. This conspiracy was out here before Lamar. It was before Deshaun Watson. You know, it just, again, it's where the Browns and their dysfunction, you know, helped Deshaun Watson strike it rich. They, 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 he, he got very fortunate in that situation. So I don't know where this goes. I don't know. We don't know if it changes anything other than that. Like we said yesterday, I feel like it just maybe puts more of a spotlight on it, a little more pressure. I don't know if this means anything gets done before the draft. Um, it's still a crazy situation, and ultimately I think it is going to be an after-the-draft kind of move like you talked about yesterday. The Patriots are one of the teams that had been linked to Lamar Jackson. Rob Ninkovich, who played for the Patriots, was on ESPN recently, and anytime he – starts throwing theories around. It's hard not to think he's getting something from someone in the building. So yesterday, Robert Kraft, when speaking to reporters, said that Meek Mill had texted Kraft a couple of days ago. Kraft was involved in getting Meal, uh, Mill, excuse me, Meek yeah. Mill out of jail a right. few years back. He and Michael Rubin of Fanatics. So there's a, a close relationship there. Meek Mill texted three or four days ago to say Lamar Jackson wants to be a Patriot. Kraft said that's Bill Belichick's decision. Belichick was asked about Lamar, and Belichick refused to go there. He refuses to ever talk about any player who's on another team, even though, as of right now, Lamar Jackson is on no team. Lamar Jackson has no contract with any team. Kraft, or not Kraft, but Belichick's always had this weird thing about the franchise tag. If he has a player who's under the franchise tag, or if there's a player from another team under the franchise tag, he refuses to talk about a possible trade. He refuses to say anything. Yeah, he's old and, school. And that he is still him being, part of their that's team. him being, right, yeah. that's him being far more cautious than he needs to be, because he is allowed to talk about Lamar Jackson. But he believes in his mind he can't because he's still the contractual property of the Ravens, even though he isn't. So we don't know what the Patriots are thinking here. We know Kraft's position is that's Bill's call. We don't know what Bill wants to do because he refuses to even start down that path. Well, I mean, yeah. Do we know or do we know, though? I mean, let me just let me say this. Let me just let me let me just lay it out here for you. And then you could tell me if you know, does does this sound like a Patriot thing? Three first-round picks, 
uh, <laughs> some other picks, and the greatest contract ever for one player under Bill Belichick. Do you think that's something he'll do? Does that sound like Bill wouldn't pay $8 million to Tom Brady when he had three Super Bowl rings? So do you really think he'd do that? I mean, this would have to be a Mr. Kraft move. I just, it doesn't seem like a Patriot type of thing. And then here we are. We always talk about the Patriots, Mike. And I think Bill has great respect for Lamar. How can you not? But again, it goes into a little too far down the road here. You know, I think they've already, wait, this is where we're going this year for the 2023 season. You know, the teams are starting to formulate the direction in which they want the franchise to go. And yeah, it just doesn't seem like a Patriot type of move to me. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta, because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. I'm scanning through the rundown here. we got so much on today's show. I don't know if we have a separate section on this, frankly, and I just skimmed it as quickly as I could. Kraft's full press conference in Arizona. Yeah. He's asked at one point if Bill Belichick is guaranteed a job in 2024, and I'm paraphrasing, but this was the message. You've had losing records two of the last three seasons. Can Bill survive another one? as he tries to catch Don Shula for the all-time coaching wins record. And Kraft's response to me was incredibly telling because he never says, are you nuts? Bill, Bill, Bill on the hot seat, Bill, anything other than the coach of this team. When you listen to question and answer, it's clear that there's pressure on Belichick. Now, what does that mean? Would it cause him to make an all-in move? Would it cause him to mortgage the future if the future isn't guaranteed to him? Interesting concepts here. Power struggles at play, not all that far below the surface. And Kraft likes to say, I let Bill make the decisions. So I could see Belichick look at this and say, I don't care about throwing away future draft picks if I'm not going to be here. I'll go ahead and get Lamar, save my ass this year, and worry about 2024 when 2024 comes. Now, Chris, that all presupposes the Ravens would do it. That's the other side of this. Yeah, The Patriots could want to do it want to give him anything they 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 want pay Lamar 
give them all the draft picks they want. And it very well may be the Ravens say, we're not trading this guy to the Patriots. We hate the Patriots. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You're right. That's a real aspect there for sure. Uh, That'd be one team that I'd go, I don't know if they'd actually would, or they will match that offer. If that effort offer ever comes from uh, new England, I, I, I do think it's bad blood there for sure. But yeah, it does not seem like a typical Patriot type of move. Maybe if Mr. Kraft gets involved here and he knows something that we don't know and he knows this this might be Bill's last year or something like that, maybe he would get involved. But that doesn't seem like a Patriot Bill Belichick type of move, uh, at least not right now for, from what we've seen in the last 23, 24 years. Pete, I'm performing minor arthroscopic surgery to the rundown because I want to address one of the other teams that is out before we get to the one that maybe is in. Commander's... A team that I was just reading between the tea leaves, as Chris would say, earlier in the offseason, and I thought maybe they were lurking for a shot at Lamar Jackson. It didn't happen. They they created some cap space just before free agency started, but then they went out and signed a bunch of other guys. And once they signed Jacoby Brissett, that was it. That was that. It's Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. Here's Martin Mayhew, the GM of the Commanders, yesterday, talking about the possibility of the Commanders making a run at Lamar Jackson. We probably end up making serious contract offers, having serious discussions with somewhere between 10 and 20 of those guys each year. So there are a ton of talented players that, um, that could help us, but we don't end up talking to for various reasons. And Lamar falls into that category. So bottom line, decision was made not to pursue Lamar Jackson. They are a year after calling every team literally looking for a potential starter for whom they could trade and ultimately getting Carson Wentz. Thanks for nothing, Colts. The commanders opting to go with Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett as number one and number two and no Lamar Jackson. So at least we can we can confidently scratch them off the list as we wait for a sale to happen there isn't going to be an acquisition of Lamar Jackson along that path. Right. Well, th- I will say, like, you know, to your logic or pasta and meatballs or whatever, I-, I don't think you were illogical in thinking commanders and Lamar Jackson there. There was a lot of things that connect dots, and that would be, again, you know, kind of how we talked about earlier in the segment, one of those teams where we talk about, wait, they got a lot of the pieces you want and really the quarterbacks, you know, they, they fit a lot of those things. So I think that's, you know, it made sense. They're not that far off as we've, we've seen. I mean, there's some talented big-time players on both sides of the ball. Yeah, the O-line's got to get a little bit better. They got to get a few people in the secondary and there's, you know, some finishing touches, touches here and there. But, you know, from everything we've discussed, no quarterback – you know, team doesn't have a ton of holes, kind of ready right now. You know, all that, 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 that made sense for Lamar. But obviously, they have their reasons. I don't know what they are. I am, you know, interested. I guess they see real potential in Sam Hallow off of one game. Uh, but, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they've been so adamant about not being in the conversation with Lamar Jackson. And it could be as simple as Dan Snyder is potentially so petty that he doesn't want the next owner of the team to have Lamar Jackson and instantly become a contender, even though Snyder could take the credit for bringing in Lamar Jackson on his way out the door. He still doesn't want to see the next owner do well. That's just a spitball theory. It's not a statement of fact. Please don't sue me. I'm just saying, is there a chance he's so petty 
that he wants to make sure the next owner can instantly have a great team and get all the glory that goes along with it. I, I mean, I, I hear you, Mike. That or would, would and, and you correct me here because I'm not sure. I'm like, or maybe he doesn't, you know, just doesn't want to write a, a million dollar check, to, a hundred million dollar check to a guy for going like, I'm only going to be here for four months, but I got to write you a hundred million dollar check and then I'm out of here. Well, I don't know. I just you do well. You do you do what they did with the other free agent contracts. You make the first installment on the signing bonus due May twelfth. Yeah, that was right, one of the yeah. facts that came yeah. out last week. Yeah, everybody they signed, they broke precedent and they delayed the first installment of the signing bonus until May twelfth. So that tells you. Yeah, they're thinking that come May twelfth, it's not going to be somebody Dan else's Snyder's problem. Bill to right. pay. Gotcha. Yeah, you're sticking somebody else with the the price tag for the guy that you brought in. Okay, let's talk about. One of the teams, and so far the only team where we seem to have, and there's two sides of this, football operations and ownership. It's like turning the keys, right? Each side has a key that has to turn to activate the launch code. You have to have football operation on board and ownership. Let's start with the football operation of the Indianapolis Colts. Chris Ballard, GM of the team. New coach Shane Steichen probably would not complain about having Lamar Jackson, given that he got the job having a similar skill set in Jalen Hurts, a quarterback who can throw, a quarterback who can run, a quarterback who is an MVP candidate, a quarterback who at times is unstoppable. Steichen would not veto the possibility of getting Lamar Jackson. Ballard's the one who's making that call. Here's what he said yesterday via Stephen Holder of ESPN. Anytime a special player is available, which Lamar is, you've got to do the work. I'm not going to get into deep discussions on where it's at or what we're doing or what we might do, but what I'll tell you is he's a really good player, really special player. You never know how any of this will work out, but I think anytime at that position we have a chance to acquire a guy, you've got to do your work on it and see if it's doable. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is not. The reality here for the Colts is they have the fourth overall pick, and this is one of those where in lieu of signing him to an offer sheet and giving up two first-round picks, you can go to the Ravens and say, hey, look, you know, We're not floating around at 24 with our first-round pick for this year. We've got the fourth overall pick. That's a much more valuable pick than if someone in the 20s would sign him to an offer sheet. And you get low pick this year, probably low pick next year. Yeah. Because Lamar's not going to make that team worse than they were this year. So how about the fourth overall pick? How about just that? How about that as a a starter? First, we'll give you our first-round pick, fourth overall for Lamar Jackson. If you're the Ravens, you got to at least think about it. You can go out and draft a replacement for Lamar Jackson. Boom, right away, you can take Anthony Richardson at four. Unless you get leapfrogged by the uh, by the team that moves up to number three with the Cardinals. But but still, you could start at the fourth overall pick and then add on some other stuff and get a deal done. That that's that I think is a great foundation yeah. for a conversation if the Colts want to do it. Yeah, I I'm, I'm I don't disagree with you there. I don't. And Ballard's keeping the door cracked open there in that conversation. It seems to be the only team that's really keeping the door cracked, right? Atlanta, we'll hit on them a little bit, but I, they're one team I look at to go, why not them? But, like, we have the, the Colts thing here, you know, there, there's some interesting stuff. I don't think just the four pick would get it done. Maybe some other ones next year, second rounder or a third rounder, whatever. But I think you're right in a starting point. I've always been one and have said publicly, I do wonder if the Ravens might just go, hey, the hell with the Lamar thing. We're going to draft Anthony Richardson and just kind of do it all over again. And we'll just continue down that road and we'll develop them. You know? So your, your theory there I don't think is crazy. The Colts, they're in a weird spot. they got to figure out what they want to do. 
You know, I'm just trying to unpack this too here with, with the viewers and you and everybody. One, what offense do they want to run? I mean, like we talked about, Shane Steichen, yeah, we saw what he did with Jalen Hurts, but that's not the offense that he kind of made his name, you know, with in the NFL. He was more of drop back pass, creative, aggressive down the field. That's why they were involved in Philadelphia trying to find some pocket passing quarterbacks through trade. They wanted to run that offense. So what's Steichen want to do there? Right? That's that's a big part of this process. And then I think the evaluation of the quarterbacks and through the draft and all that is probably another huge piece of this puzzle where they might not have all their ducks in a row as far as how they feel about all the quarterbacks in the draft yet. So they're trying to kind of get a feel there. As it stands right now, though, they're not getting C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. So that's off the board. So now how comfortable are you with Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker, right? That route. So that's where they got to gauge value, what they want to do, future, where they want the team to go. And those are some pretty in-depth decisions as far as your future goes if you're the Colts. The other side of the coin in Indianapolis, what does ownership think? Jim Irsay, speaking with Stephen Holder, said that with Lamar Jackson, Irsay was emphatic the money is not a problem. Now, Irsay also said separately, Zach Kiefer of The Athletic has this, that Irsay doesn't like fully guaranteed contracts, but the money isn't a problem. The issue via Holder's conversation with Irsay is the draft capital and compensation it would take to get Lamar. Now, yeah. Holder's conversation with Ursay didn't get into fully guaranteed contracts. Zach Kiefer heard something from Ursay that that pointed to Ursay not being a firm believer in a fully guaranteed contract. And again, Ken Francis was telling teams last week Lamar doesn't want a fully guaranteed contract. It may be a matter of semantics. The amount of fully guaranteed money he wants may be so much that it's essentially fully guaranteed because it's $200 million with another $100 million non-guaranteed on top of it. Regardless, Ursay isn't ruling it out. And Ursay and Ballard both have to be on the same page here. Now, again, would the, would the Ravens trade Lamar Jackson to the guy who owns the team that absconded in the night, I believe, yeah. 39 years ago today. Was, is it today? I believe it was March 28. <laughs> That's amazing. I think it may have been. <laughs> so would they do that? Who are they less likely to trade him to? The Patriots, who they hate, or the Colts, who used to be in Baltimore, who they still hate 40 years later? <laughs> the Patriots. So I, I think they your, hate them more. If, yeah. <laughs> I, but if it's your best option, yeah, right? And maybe, and this is where having an agent, and if the Ravens are willing to do it, you can bring multiple teams to the table. You get maximum compensation. You do what Nick Casario did last year with the Texans and Deshaun Watson. You basically have a cover charge to even get the ability to talk to Lamar about a possible contract that would be part of a trade. Here's what we want. Once you satisfy us, you go figure it out with Lamar as to which team is going to sign him. Patriots, Colts, whoever else. Well, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. And and again, I, we didn't get to dive into this a little bit, but that's where you know the trade compensation and the non-exclusive franchise tag thing of two first-round picks and all of that. Uh, that's where you, you, hey, Deshaun Watson, we we got a we got a guideline there about oh, what did we trade for a guy that's an awesome quarterback that's in his prime? And wh- what was the details there last year, Mike? Three first-rounders. You know, what else was it? A second rounder, another one down the road there, right? I know the fourth pick of the draft changes that a little bit, but that's where, again, 
I think the compensation to what Jim Irsay saying through Stephen Holder there, that that's what's scary. A team, again, that we talked about earlier this week or last week, Mike, maybe I'm wrong there, where I'm not so sure the shelf life of the team that we've seen the last few years might not be coming to an end and they might need to kind of refurbish and replenish their roster here. And, uh, okay, we've got Lamar, we got a new head coach. Oh, but, damn, we traded away six picks to get them and a ton of money. And, uh-oh. So that's where I think that that's a scary part of this conversation, too. And we're very far down the road again, which makes things harder in that department. Yeah, in addition to the five-year, fully guaranteed $230 million contract, the Browns sent to the Texans three first-round picks. And last year's first-rounder was number 13 overall, a fourth-round pick, last year a third round pick this year a fourth round pick next year and for that they got Watson and a 2024 sixth round draft pick it's so weird that they did they feel compelled it's that whole grains of rice we just gotta add one little thing yeah to right it made it so even it's Watson <laughs> plus a sixth round pick from 2024 it makes no sense whatsoever but they did give up a lot to get him by way of draft pick compensation and total cash and and look Again, this gets back to Lamar not having an agent because if Lamar has an agent, he spends the aftermath of that contract arguing vociferously to Eric DaCosta, the GM of the Ravens. Look, the Browns gave up $46 million a year fully guaranteed for five years and all this other stuff to get – you don't have to give up all the other stuff to get him. All you got to do is give him the contract. You don't have to give up three first-round picks. You already got him. So the Browns gave up all that stuff just for the privilege of giving him $46 million a year fully guaranteed for five years. Are you kidding me? And Lamar Jackson doesn't have a single lawsuit, much less 25 pending against him. This is where and, – and if you're not going to do it now, Eric, now is when you trade him. This is your chance. This is your time. The market's been set. Here we are. Everything the Browns gave up for Deshaun Watson, and all we want is the contract. You can keep your first-round picks. You don't need to move those. And if you're not going to give us that – Now's the time to go out and get the Deshaun Watson Hall from the Falcons or somebody else that wants Lamar Jackson. Call the Dolphins. Call the Panthers. Call the Saints. Call anyone and send Lamar to a place where he can get the contract he would have gotten from the Browns. That's, again, another example of why the ship sailed a year ago on Lamar not having an agent and having it prevent him from getting the thing that he has wanted so badly since. Yeah, definitely. I think you add that, and then you add on a style of play. You add on injuries, and we've missed the last two Decembers. You know, we add on what I told you about, you know, last week. You know, that I talked to a team that, you know, one of the things that bothered them about Lamar was how much practice time he's missed over the last few years, you know. So you have all that, okay, all of those issues, let alone, too, people are more scared about the long-term viability of Lamar Jackson than they were of Deshaun Watson because Watson's not as dependent on his legs, and he's a, you know, a pretty clean pocket passer who wants to play the game that way. So those things go against Lamar there in that department, too. That's where it's different. And, again, I don't know where it goes, but, hey, the Colts – they're obviously thinking about it. They haven't slammed the door here. But after that, that that's, again, Mike, where we get in this conversation of, like, after that, who else is there? Atlanta's the only team I look at that makes sense again, but they don't seem to be flirting or leaving the door open in this conversation. So as it stands right now, it seems Colts are bust, really, for Lamar Jackson. Well, 
the odds makers have the Colts as the favorite, followed by the Patriots, the Falcons, the Buccaneers for some reason, the Jets. No, 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 no. No, no way. No, no. And we'll talk about we'll, the Jets. No, that's not happening. The Panthers, the Commanders, and the Titans. Now, I, I mean, some there's been no th- – yeah. that's the thing. But, but, but Peter King wrote yesterday in Football Morning in America, he had been in Arizona for a day. There'd been crickets on Lamar Jackson. No, there's nothing. You know, and, right. and, and, when, and, and this is how it works, folks. I mean, I, I know that, that you people out there, some of you think that all we do is, like, make stuff up and sit around and come up with clickbait and hot takes. When you're in this business and you have relationships with people who work for the teams, whether they're in the front office, whether they're on the coaching staff, whether they're in ownership, whatever the case may be, you get involved in conversations, and when teams are thinking about fairly big moves, they talk to the people they know in the media. They want to get an idea of what the reaction is going to yeah. be. They want to see what we think. They actually, at times, yeah. believe it or not, believe it or not, they actually want to know what we think. Oh, definitely. And when Peter, one of the most respected and esteemed reporters out there, has been doing it, he started the same year the Colts absconded from Baltimore to Indianapolis in 1984. He was a beat writer covering the Cincinnati Bengals for the Inquirer. He's been doing it for almost 40 freaking years. People want to know what he thinks. And when he's out there and nobody's saying Jack diddly poo to him about Lamar Jackson, you come to the conclusion, ain't nobody interested in Lamar Jackson. That's Mike. I mean, that's, again, you know, to to share a little part of our our life outside of the show, right? That's kind of what I went on last week. What was that early last week and you or I were texting and I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm call, I'm a call around. I, I, because I'm like, I got to the point where I was like, I'm, I'm just, all we hear is Lamar, but I've never heard anything tangible from anybody that I respect in the NFL about Lamar. It is crickets. So I wanted, I started to call, like, I started to call around, you know, Hey, have you actually talked to Lamar? Has you actually, has he reached out? You can't find anything. Then you start to find out about the representation that had been calling a little bit for him with certain teams, engaging their interest, not negotiating, just gauging interest, getting it going. All right. But yeah, that's where it's odd. It is weird. And again, that's where you can get into representation or him not being able to get the word out or get messages out the right way, get publicity and and momentum behind him have all been hurt in this situation. And uh, that's where it's unfortunate for Lamar. So, I mean, the bottom line is, with no one out there even floating the trial balloon, even saying what if, what what would you think if we do There's nothing. There's nothing other than the Colts and maybe the Patriots if Bill Belichick really is thinking about it, if Robert Kraft actually would let him mortgage a future that is not yet secured for Bill Belichick. Colts. Patriots and I don't know who else. The Falcons would indeed make sense. I don't know why Arthur Blank doesn't want to do it. I, I, I look. I'm, you want somebody that's going to electrify the city. You want to fill the stadium. You want to compete for championships. Lamar Jackson. All due respect to Desmond Ritter. He's unproven. Jackson is proven. That would seem to be a potential destination. Definitely. So, but but Mike, uh, they're Chris, one of those. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it either. They make you said it all right, but they're one of those teams too. To add on with that Atlanta thing, and I'm with you. I've been one of those guys that's been banging that drum. But they got a lot of holes on their roster, too. So that's where they're stuck a little bit in a spot where they're like, wait, we get Lamar, but we don't really fill in hole here, hole there, hole here, hole there. And it'll be hard to fill them in. 
And that that's again what makes it weird. But yeah, it makes sense from all other aspects. But it seems like you like you said, the Colts are the only team right now that are truly thinking about it. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. The Jets, as we said a couple of minutes ago, take them off the list. Don't bet on them as the next destination for Lamar Jackson. They are getting Aaron Rodgers, and it's getting closer. We'll give you the latest when PFT Live continues right after this. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. 